You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello there and happy Monday. Today is Monday, October 25th. And the Philadelphia Eagles are now 2-5 after falling to Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday, 33-22. The Eagles made some roster moves on Monday. They claimed quarterback Reed Sinet off waivers from the Miami Dolphins, and they also released long snapper Rick Lovato. Sinet will now join as QB3, with Jalen Hurts as QB1 and Gardner Minshew as QB2. The Eagles also traded Joe Flacco, to the New York Jets. According to NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, the Jets sent Philadelphia a 2022 six-round draft pick that could become a fifth-rounder based on playing time. This evening, head coach Nick Sirianni spoke with the Philly media and is at the podium with a presser that is locked, loaded, and ready for you. I'm your host, Rachel Prevett, and this podcast is brought to you by SB Nation, and Bleeding Green Nation. You'll hear Nick Sirianni touch on claiming quarterback Reed Sinet off waivers from the Dolphins. He's going to touch on Miles Sanders' status after suffering from an ankle injury on Sunday. He touches on the Joe Flacco trade and also Fletcher Cox's comments, you know, with his frustrations with Jonathan Gannon's scheme. Take a listen. Hey, Nick, uh, about those moves, what can you tell us uh, about how this all came down? Uh, how ready is Gardner to be the number two? And, and what can you tell us about the kid you got from uh, Miami, Reed? Yeah, we, we feel really good about Gardner um, being being our number two. Uh, Reed had some had a lot of good plays in preseason this this year. Uh, we thought we added a, a good good prospect to our to our roster. As far as Joe goes, uh, Joe is just a, a great person to be around, great pro to be around. Um, had a phenomenal preseason um, and just and and was really good uh, for our room. <clears throat> but the opportunity arose for him to, you know, go and be able to uh, contribute uh, somewhere else. Um, and then also, obviously, us get a, a pick for that. And so, um, but our time with with uh, Joe Flacco was was really good um we really appreciated him and, and everything that he did he's he's a great pro and you can see why he won so many games um when he was in baltimore and all the other places he's been go ahead mike and then martin frank hey nick obviously you've had discussions with the staff and we'll have words with the players but outside of speaking to the team how can you send a message that games like yesterday are unacceptable and what sort of accountability do you plan to put in place at two and five yeah, the same accountability that we that we've had throughout. Um, you know, obviously, ne- never ever, losing a game is never uh, acceptable. We always we always are going to go through and we're going to correct the game the same way, 
regardless of if we're five and two or two and five. And so that that that's the message of just hey, let's let's get this thing right, let's get these uh, corrections made, and that's all it's ever about is getting better as a team, getting better. Uh, you know, the accountability we've talked about accountability a lot. Accountability is not only making corrections. Right. It's also pointing out when the things are right as well. So it goes both ways there because you want a standard set. And when the standards met, you you correct uh, when the standards met, you you get excited about it. When the standards not met, you make the correction. So um, we're just we're just business as usual right there. Again, things can change as far as your scheme. Things can change as far as different things. But what the standard is and the accountability is always the same over and over again. But but following up to, on that where are you getting better where are you seeing yourself getting better where where are we seeing ourselves getting better is that what you said yeah just i mean we always want to improve our fundamentals and we feel like we are getting better fundamentally and just knowing the scheme and knowing the system um again when you're two and five you're, you're gonna you're gonna question a lot of things and so um but we do we getting better too is not these drastic jumps it's just little by little each day and um, so we feel like we're getting better in a lot of different areas, figuring out who we are and what we what we do well. And so that's those are some areas we're getting better at. We'll go to Martin and then Jeff McLean. Hi, Nick. Uh, I was wondering if you can give us an update on on Miles Sanders. Um, is he going to be out for a little while? And and if so, like, you know, what would what, you guys plan to do at running back? Obviously, with you have Gainwell and Boston Scott, but would you bring in somebody else? Uh, well, we have Jordan on the on the practice squad as well. We feel really good about him. Uh, Miles will be will probably be down. Uh, we, we actually, I mean, he'll probably be. We're we're day to day. We're week to week with him. I'm part of me, and so um, it's it's a stretch for him to be up this week. But we're not ruling anything out yet. Go ahead, Jeff, and then Zach Berman. Uh, Nick, uh, I wanted to know what your reaction was to Fletcher Cox's critical comments of Jonathan Gannon's scheme, and will you do something about it? Well, you know what? Frustration is – is uh, everyone has frustration after you lose. And, um, you know, as players, coaches, everybody's going to have frustration. And so – um, you know, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about everything. We'll talk through it. And, uh, as, as far as, you know, cause we're going to address anything that, that is what, you know, that we need to address, uh, as a team. Um, but I'll keep those conversations private that we'll have there, but, uh, I understand Fletch's frustration. I'm frustrated. He's frustrated. And, uh, we just got to do everything we can do to get the, to get the ship right. We'll go to Zach and then Rob Motti. And Nick, you referenced yesterday how, how you spend most of your time during the week with the offense, obviously. How much time do you spend uh, with the defense, knowing the defensive game plan on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, you know, every – obviously, I'm out there with practice with them and out, out there every single day watching practice while the – you know, as the defense goes, the offense is on break. So I'm, I'm sitting there watching. I'm talking through the game plan there. Um, you know, Gannon always likes to ask me questions as far as, as an offensive coach – um, what, you know, what would present this play problems or this play problem. So, you know, that's something that we go through each week. Um, we talk about each week, um, you know, and that, so that's, that's something that's, that happens every, each and every week with us that, that we're going to go through those things, those questions. And, um, so, um, yeah, really involved. And now does he have autonomy with the game plan? Uh, well, when you say that, you know, everything that goes on that field is 
is my responsibility. My name is on that. So, um, you know, if I want something done, then, then we're going to, then we're going to do it that way because my name is, my name is on that. Now I trust, I trust Jonathan completely in the sense that, uh, he's doing most of the studying on it and I'm going to be there just like I said, to support and to also answer questions as an offensive of style. But if I think, if I see right for us to, to pressure on a play, then, then, then we're going to do it that way. Um, but again, I trust our staff completely. Um, and, but that's, that's kind of our process. Zach. Thank you. Go ahead, Rob. And then Josh Tolentino. Hey, Nick, beyond the frustration from Fletcher regarding those comments, how valid is that criticism? And have you talked to Jonathan Gannon about that? Because this isn't the first time that we've seen that kind of frustration be expressed with the defensive scheme. Yeah, um, well, sorry, I'm sorry, Rob. Say that one more, oh, ask that question one more time, I'm sorry. I know you said that Fletcher was frustrated, but how valid mm -hmm. is the criticism, what he's saying, the issues are with the defensive scheme? How valid is that criticism? And will you address that with Jonathan Gannon and, and potentially make some changes? Well, we're, we address every, everything. Um, you know, like, so when we went in there today to, to evaluate the tape and evaluate the, the looks of the tape, um, you know, we talked about everything. And so, you know, in the sense of, you know, how are we gonna improve the, the performance that we had yesterday? And so that's, that's always gonna be discussed and it, whether a player says something about it or not. And so um, we're, we're constantly working to, to, to get better um, and to make our scheme better and to put our players in a better spot and that, that, that no matter if a player says something or not. Go ahead, Josh, and then John McMullen. Hey, Nick, I, I wanted to uh, see if you could provide an update on uh, the, your two banged up safeties between uh, Kayvon and, and Anthony and if, if there's any uh, indication or um, uh, on their status uh, for this week. Yeah, uh, Kayvon, I mean, we're, we're, he's been working himself back. He'll be even more involved this week as far as working himself back. We'll have to see how the week goes to um, to where he is um, as, as later in the week to know where he is. Uh, Anthony. Again, he'll be he'll he's a little bit day to day as well. Obviously, he's he's recovering from his thumbs, but then the groin injury that he had. So again, we're gonna have to wait to see him um, here in these next couple of days to see where we're at there. So I have no new update. And and if I could just uh, follow up on, on that after uh, looking back at the tape on the back end of the defense, specifically with Marcus Epps. So uh, what were your thoughts on his performance uh, yesterday? Yeah, I thought Marcus. I I really thought Marcus played a pretty good game. Um, you know, you you want that playback. Uh, not, I don't want to say you want the playback where the guy made the back shoulder catch. That was a really good catch on that guy. I thought Marcus was in a good spot. Uh, Carr put that ball a little bit inside, and the guy made a really good play uh, through traffic. So, um, uh, I, but I all in all, I thought Marcus played a good game. John and then Jimmy Kemsky. Hey, Nick, um, back in the summer, you told us that story about Frank and when you guys got to Indy, didn't get off to the start that you would have liked to. And you mentioned that everybody was looking at Frank. What What is he going to do? And he said, double down. I would ha Have you gotten that feeling yet? Uh, you guys aren't off to that start. Have you gotten that feeling uh, outside or inside the building? And, and obviously, you learn from Frank. Do you have that same philosophy? I do. Um, we actually talked about that with the team even before uh, adversity hit, right? Even even in preseason, like, hey, when adversity hits, here's what we're going to double down on. And everything was 
the connection, the the compete, accountability, football IQ uh, fundamentals. And then we have some other other things that we really hang our hat on, like dog mentality. And there's a couple other things that I'll keep as far as our team um, where we really double down on. And so um, I definitely uh, feel like when a slow start, you know, with two and five, people are going to look to me and to, you know, what my what my leadership is. And they're going to look at me and 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 kind of see you know what my direction is. So um, that's my direction as far as as far as that goes is just to double down on all the things I believe is true. Again, scheme can change. It, you know, practice schedules can change. Uh, time, schedules can can change. But the things I know to be true, we have to double down on, and that's definitely where I'm at at this particular time. We'll go to Jimmy and then Chris Franklin. Hey, Nick, uh, in an interview with John, you said that you felt like it was a lack of uh, possessions and that you need to get the ball back from the defense to, to help the offense and that it felt a little bit out of rhythm because of lack of possessions. Can you just unpack that a little bit and, um, you know, where are you going with, with, with you know, that, that, um, that, that statement and, um, you know, how more, why would more possessions um, lead to, you know, a better rhythm as opposed to just producing whenever you do get the ball? Yeah. Um, you know, just when you're on the field, when you're on the field as an offense and, you, and you're where you are, pardon me, when you're off the field as an offense or is it, you know, and, and you're sitting there and you're waiting for a possession um, and, and, and the defense is on the field for a while, you can kind of get yourself off off rhythm. And, you know, you have that good first drive and then, you know, you don't feel in rhythm because it, it took you a little bit of time to get back on the field. And and so that's that's kind of where where that is um, as far as, you know, um, the defense, you know, again, like what I talked about yesterday is I talked through, you know, the defense, you know, tightening up and 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 going through all that. Like, I want to make it very clear that when I say the defense needs to tighten up, like I'm looking at myself first, like the, every product that's on that field, uh, special teams, defense, offense has my name on it. I'm not just the offensive coordinator. I'm the head coach of this football team. And so everything that everything that's out there on that field is first my responsibility. So when I say the defense needs to tighten up and, and needs to get the ball back to the offense, I'm saying that that that's my responsibility, right? That's my responsibility to say, hey, on this one, I want to tighten up and play man coverage on this one. And so um, in no way or no shape, no form was I putting any um, blame on the on the defense uh, or Jonathan Gannon at all. I have utmost re uh, faith in Jonathan Gannon. I have utmost faith in our defense. Um, you know, the, and so I'm putting that responsibility on me and nobody else. And so, uh, so anytime I'm going to criticize, and just so you guys know that anytime I criticize, I'm criticizing myself first, and that's how I always handle it. And so you guys are going to ask me a question of, Hey, uh, what do you think is going to, what needs to happen here after a win or after a loss? And I'm always going to say it's me first. And you guys might not like that, that answer, but that's how I'm going to answer it every time that it's my responsibility because everything that's out in that field is my responsibility, period. Go ahead, Chris, and then Les Bowen. Hey, Nick, you said Joe was very instrumental in the quarterback room. Can you give a specific instance where Joe told Jalen something and Jalen used it on the field? Yeah, just just like with a coverage, like, hey, I remember hitting this play versus this look back in 2015, um, and I think your eyes should be this way. And that, that happened all the time. And, like, there's a, there's a ton of examples of that. But a lot of the times it was with reading the plays or orchestrating the offense 
um, how he would kill a play, how he would check a play, you know, um, just just things like that. And Jalen really respects uh, Joe and, and respects the, the career that Joe's had. And so, again, that we'll, we'll miss that. There's no doubt. Um, but I, obviously, and I and I, uh, I just again just wish Joe a ton of success and the uh, best of luck. And I really appreciated getting to know him uh, as a person, as a player. Go ahead, Les, and then Marcus Hayes. Hi, Nick. Uh, so the four games, opposing quarterbacks are completing passes at a record level against you. Uh, it's it's pretty much unprecedented. You talked yesterday about being needing to be more aggressive defensively. What specifically have you and Jonathan talked about, and and why is this happening? Why why is this defense in such a fix at this point? The personnel doesn't seem to be that bad. Yeah, well, well the with, with our conversations, Jonathan's eyes conversations, it is just mixing up the coverages. And he did that. He did that a little bit more yesterday, and it didn't, you know. It, but still, um, it didn't obviously work. I mean, in the sense that we were that Carr was thirty-one of thirty-four. Um, but it's just we just talked a lot about tight. You know, we know we can get home with our four defensive linemen when they're, you know, when they're there. But we just talked a lot of, about tightening it up as far as the way we're mixing in some man-to-man. Uh, the way we're mixing in some of the zones with the man-to-man, just different different ways to to challenge on the perimeter and get our hands on balls and get in the in the throwing lane. So that's that's been the main discussion, and it's been more about hey to be able to to mix a little bit more man-to-man in there. And again, I don't want to give up too much information, less with obviously our opponent coming up um, with the Lions, but. Again, it was just the challenge is more about you know getting getting hands in on balls and play, and getting a little bit more aggressive with with our man because we know we got some guys that are able to do that and I, I agreed you know I, I I love this roster I love our defensive roster um, and I got a lot of faith in them and again we're working like crazy to get it fixed. Thank you. We'll take Thanks, two Les. more questions here. So go ahead, Marcus, and then Bo Wolf. Uh, Nick, since they changed the the. Uh kickoff rules in 2018 the success rate of onside kicks is around eight or ten percent um you said you'd do it again you like the call when when teams are expecting it right go ahead well again you know most teams have a guy expecting and all seven guys of theirs step forward before they step backwards so did you know that and if so what does that say about you you mentioned your defense you said that, you know, your defense wasn't getting stops. What does it say about your defense when you're down 10 and you try an onside kick in the second half? Yeah, you know what? We we really felt good about the onside kick and the look that they give because they didn't step forward before uh, they went backwards. They they were stepping backwards and leaving a big gap. And so, yes, I would do it again. Again, we go through so much preparation all week to put ourselves in positions to try to make the right calls. And so we got to trust that preparation that we do and pull the trigger and be aggressive when we have that. And so I felt good about the felt good about the call. I felt good about the kick that took a little bit of a bounce that we that, you know, sometimes that ball does that. And obviously that, that's football and that's the way it goes. Um, but we felt good about that, the opportunity to steal a possession right there. And we did. We wanted to steal a possession because we knew that their offense was playing pretty good. Carr was playing good at the time, um, played good, obviously, the whole game. Um, so I don't think that's a slight on our defense as much as that it is the sense that we saw something on tape. Um, 
we're not counting the stats of I, I'm not sure what you said there with the stats, but um, we're not counting the stats there because that's more of a, hey, they know what's coming on this one. We just felt good about the opportunity to pooch it right into that ill area, that dead area. There was a little gap there. Um, didn't work um, this time, and uh, but I got to stick true, stay true to what we watched on tape, and I felt good about the call at the time. Well, what are the stats when they don't expect it? I can't tell you that. Last one here with Bo. Hey, Nick, have you, uh, have you considered making a change at starting quarterback? No. Is there, is there a point in which you would like to see Gardner at all? Uh, no, I got a ton of faith, and in, in, uh, I, I, obviously I really like Gardner, and I think he's, he's a good backup, um, but I got a ton of faith in Jalen, and he will be our starting quarterback. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people 